I'm Brooke McLaughlin, an author, speaker, teacher, and small town girl from the mountains of Appalachia. Over the years, I've had the privilege of encouraging countless moms toward a richer prayer life, helping them catch a vision for the partnership God invites them into as they become praying moms. Prayer is action all by itself, and our prayers can impact the people we love most for generations to come. I created the Million Praying Moms podcast because prayer is one of the most overlooked parts of Christian parenting today. Let's change that together. My goal is to help you see prayer not as a last resort, but as your first and best response. If you have questions about prayer or motherhood, if you need help taking the first steps toward a praying life, or if you want to know how to pray for specific needs affecting our children in today's culture, you're in the right place, friend prayer warrior or mom who's just starting the journey. All are welcome here. Let's get started. Hey friends, all month long we've been scratching the surface of the greater conversation that is identity. I really feel like this topic of identity has been so important because our kids are struggling and we are struggling to know how to help them as parents. Some of us are still working our way through our own identity issues, which is why we started the month with an interview with Caitlin Skaggs, talking about finding our own worth and value in Christ. My hope was to lay a foundation with that first conversation and encourage us to get our own hearts straightened out so that we could have the depth we need to help our kids in this area. If you didn't listen to that first episode, I just highly encourage you to make time for it. We've looked so far this month at what the scriptures say about common identity-related issues like our children's need to belong and finding their worth in God instead of their accomplishments. And I know that we have not talked about specific outgrowths of the battle like gender identity. My goal was to lay a foundation with the time we have for this conversation by pointing you to God's word and trying to show you how to get to the heart of the matter for your own family's needs in those individual areas. After all, that's really all I have to give anyone. I assure you, I don't have all the answers, but I do know the God who does. I just encourage you to keep going to his word for the answers that you need. To wrap up our season, I've invited Sissy Goff to join us and give us three tips for recognizing when our children are struggling with their identity and the steps that we can take as parents to try and right the ship. Sissy Goff is the Director of Child and Adolescent Counseling at Daystar Counseling Ministries in Nashville, Tennessee where she works alongside her counseling assistant and pet therapist, Lucy the Havanese. Since 1993, she's been helping girls and their parents find confidence in who they are and hope in who God is making them to be, both as individuals and families. And honestly, I just couldn't think of a better person to speak into this topic today. Sissy is a sought-after speaker for parenting events and the author of 12 books, including her bestsellers, Raising Worry-Free Girls, and Braver, Stronger, Smarter, which is for elementary age girls, and then for teenage girls, her book, Brave. Sissy is a regular contributor to various podcasts and publications, as well as her own podcast called Raising Boys and Girls, and I just can't recommend her highly enough. Well, Sissy friend, welcome back to the show. I am so glad to have you with us today. I have to tell you, I just can't think of a better person to speak into what we're going to talk about today than you. Tell us, for those that maybe don't know you or haven't listened to you on the show before, tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and your ministry. 
Well, I'm so honored to be back with you, Brooke. I think this is maybe the third or fourth time. I can't even remember that I've gotten to talk with you. So thank you for having me. And I am a therapist in Nashville, Tennessee, where I have been counseling kids and families for 30 years now, which just makes me feel really old that I'm old enough to have done anything for 30 years, but um, (laughs) very grateful and feel like it's a huge privilege to get to do this work of sitting with kids and families. And I get to take my dog to work every day, which is one of the best parts of my job. And I live about three blocks from my little sister. I have kind of an interesting family dynamic. And I was an only child till I was 16 when my parents told me they were pregnant which evidently oh, wow. I said to my mom, I didn't know y'all still did that when she told me. <laughs> and so I have this delight of a sister who is in her mid thirties and owns a clothing store in Nashville, which is fun and expensive for me. And she has two little guys <laughs> and a wonderful husband. And so they're about three blocks from me. So I get to spend a lot of time with them and um, I'm, I'm living in the boy world a lot these days with the four-year-old and a one-year-old and just having the best time. Every Friday night I'm in town, they call me Diddy. And every Friday night I'm in town, we have a sleepover at my house. We lost our mom about two years ago. And so I am doing my best to be aunt and grandmother and all the things to these adorable little guys. That's awesome because really the age difference puts you in that perfect position to be able to do that. So I love that. And actually that they call you Diddy. I actually called my aunt Didi. Her name is Debbie and I called her Didi. So that's sweet. That's That's super sweet. I love that you're getting some boy stuff in there as well. That's fantastic. I live so much in the land of girls. It's really fun (laughs) and shocking. They're just a wonder (laughs) of little creatures. Yeah. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Well, I'm so happy to have you with us today. We're going to spend our time sharing some tips for recognizing when our children are struggling with their identity and maybe a few steps that we can take as parents to try to right the ship. I know one short little episode is not enough to really help us move in that direction fully, but I'm hoping you can help us turn the rudder just a little bit. But before we get started diving into those, this is a podcast about prayer. And so I have to mention prayer first. One of the things that I have prayed myself most often as my kids have become teenagers and have questioned things that we've taught them or began to explore things that, you know, maybe weren't in line with what we wanted, which is a normal teenage thing. But one of the prayers that I've prayed the most is, Lord, show me, just show me. And I think the hard thing about recognizing when our children are struggling is that as they get older, they naturally share less with us. And that's okay. It actually, I think, is supposed to be that way. I remember being that way myself as I grew up. There was just less and less that I naturally shared with my parents. And so I find that as my kids have aged, I have to work a little bit harder to get the things that I need from them. They used to tell me everything, and and now I just have to work harder for it. But I know that there are things that they keep to themselves And I think because of this, we as parents are so dependent on the Lord to show us what we need to see in their lives that maybe we aren't seeing clearly. It could be just because they're not telling us, or sometimes we just think that our kids are little angels when they're not. And so we have a distorted view of who our kids are, but we need the Lord to show us things that we might not be seeing clearly. And so I pray, Lord, show me. 
open my eyes, make the hidden things known, show me what I'm missing. I pray that all the time. So the first thing that I want to say before we jump into all the wisdom that Sissy's going to share with us is if you're not praying about this particular issue, please start now. And if you need help, we have all kinds of resources for that. We can show you how to get started. Look to the show notes to get some ideas for that. But Sissy, as a counselor who deals with these issues of identity on a regular basis, um, you're going to offer us three tips today. So which one do you want to start with? You, You kick us off and we'll get started. I think where I would start is wanting to understand, and I love the prayer of show me, I think we want to understand right now, based on the ages of your kids, how are they defining themselves? And how are they seeing themselves in light of who they are and how other people see them? And, And I think, you know, culturally, things have gotten so much more complicated and convoluted than ever before. And my experience is that kids are defining themselves by how others see them, they're defining themselves by often the negative, like the things that feel wrong in their world or wrong even inside of them, instead of going to a foundational truth of who God says they are, which is what I love that you all have been talking about. And so I think even to say to your child, if they're old enough to talk about it, like, I mean, I think adolescence, we could say, how do you feel like you define yourself? So what are some Things that you would say, if someone asked you who you are, how would you answer that question? And with little kids, I think we could even say, tell me five things that are true about you and tell me five things that aren't true about you. And I had a conversation like this with a group of adolescents not long ago. And I said, tell me, like, number one, how do y'all think your culture defines you today? And number two, how do you each define yourselves? And, And I will never forget a girl who's a senior in high school. She said, I think we define ourselves today by mental illness. And she said, I think that's one of the first things we talk about is how we have anxiety or how we're depressed or something like that. And and she said, the biggest concerns I have about that, which is this is amazing even to me that a senior in high school could say this, but she said, one is that I think it skews us toward the negative. It makes us think more about the negative than the positive. And the other is that for the people who really are struggling with those things, we are limiting those words. We're kind of taking the power out of those words. That is something I am seeing every day in my office. And I think social media contributes to it and so many other things. And for kids, we don't ever want something that is a small part of what they're going through to define the larger part of who they are. Yes. Okay. So I just had a conversation with my son yesterday, my younger son, who is getting ready to turn 16. And he was telling me about all the tattoos that he wants, right? So I know this is a slight detour, but I think it'll help illustrate the point. And the conversation that we had with him was, A, in our family, other people may feel differently. So this is not a debate on whether or not we like tattoos or whether or not they're good and holy. We can have that conversation another day. In our family, I'm not 100% opposed to tattooing something meaningful on your body. But I just have a hard time thinking of something that I am going to want on my body for the rest of my life. Like I can't come up with something that that I know I'm going to want. And so all the things that he was telling me were very much issues or things that are important to him today as a 15-year-old that I happen to know as a 45-year-old will probably not be as important to him 30 years down the road and that he might just regret 
having tattooed on his body at this <laughs> point. And so we had that conversation, but I think that kind of illustrates a little bit of what you're talking about, which is that our children, you know, this time from adolescence, it is a naturally kind of confusing time. And it is a time when they actually don't know what they want. They are learning more about what they want and who they are. Their brain is not fully developed yet. And right. so their ability to make decisions is not what it can or will be later on down the road. But it's like social media has glorified that time or glorified the negative of those things that we know, having been through this time ourselves, there's going to be some resolution there on the other side of it. We've made it feel, our culture has made it feel like so many important things have to be decided right now. Mm. When it really just, they right. need some more time. Does that make sense? Yes, it completely makes sense. It makes me think about, I mean, when I went to college, I think I started off as an interior design major and then I changed to elementary education and then I changed to, I was going to be a pediatrician and then I finally landed on psychology. And it's funny because when I think back about my life and different stories and things that I was involved in, God knew all along what I was going to do, and I didn't. And so I was trying on different things. And I think exactly what you said. I mean, kids are going to change what they believe is true about themselves a million times. They're going to try on, I mean, even just silly things like the style they wear in terms of clothing, who they think they are. And so honestly, that leads me to my second point, which is I think we've got to be really careful to stay in the conversation. And when I sit with parents who are concerned about what kids believe is true about themselves, what kids believe is true about the world right now, which may be very different than what the parents believe, one of my first comments is always, your kids need to be able to have conversation with you. And if you come down so hard initially about what you believe and how it's different than what they're saying, you're taking yourself out of the conversation. And so we need to always start with listening. I love that you know exactly what kind of tattoos he would want, because that means you've been <laughs> listening. And so yes. <laughs> how do we keep ourselves in the conversation when where we're saying we're swallowing our own panic, doing our own work in terms of the anxiety in that moment and saying, tell me more about that. Or that's really interesting. Tell me what you love or what does that even mean to you? You know, when he comes home and says he's going to vote for this candidate when he's not even old enough to vote yet, it doesn't matter. But just stay in the conversation and keep the dialogue open. Right. That's so good. And I think, too, I would just add, as a passionate person who has very strong opinions, and it does require every bit of self-control that I have sometimes yes. not to be that reactor. I mean, I'm just going to confess that. It's a struggle for me sometimes not to do that. And I think it's because I care so much about them that I want them to get it right. But I think too, like there may be times when it might be appropriate if you've blown it to just go and ask for forgiveness and say, I handled that wrong. I'm mm. sorry. Yes. I want to hear what you have to say. If we can do this respectfully, if you can be respectful of me, then I will do my best to be respectful of you. I say that only because I had a parent tell me one time that she would never, ever ask her child to forgive her because she was the parent and what she said goes and she would never admit to being wrong. And I just mm. don't feel like that reflects the heart of Christ very well. And just as a human being, mm -hmm. I'm not inclined to talk to people who approach me like that. Right. And so 
I think it's important for us. If we mess it up, I think do what Sissy said. (laughs) Don't react. But if you do, just go and tell them you were wrong and open that door and help them to see that you're a human being. Yes. Well, and in this age of anxiety with kids, I have never seen as many kids put as much pressure on themselves as kids are today. The anxiety based around perfectionism is staggering with kids. And I think when we can go to them and say, I failed, will you forgive me? It helps them know they're going to mess up too because their hero in the world as their mom or dad just admitted that they failed themselves. And Melissa, who's our director at Daystar and a dear friend, she talks about how we can't be Jesus to the kids we love, but we can need Jesus in front of them. Absolutely. And I think... That's what we're talking about. When we say, I failed, will you forgive me? We are pointing to how desperately we need him. And that's where we want them to land too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. Today's show is brought to you by our newest prayer guide, Praying God's Word for Your Child's Identity in Christ. Identity. Man, that's a loaded word nowadays, isn't it? Identity was a struggle when we were children, especially in middle and high school, but now our kids not only navigate those challenges, but music, social media, shows, friends, and sometimes even teachers telling them that their identity is fluid and ever-changing. However, we know this view is not true or helpful. Recent news is warning the family that depression, anxiety, and unhappiness rates among our children have more than doubled. Guys, that's scary. Obviously, the message our children are receiving from the sources that are bombarding them with incorrect information aren't leading to a strong sense of self and identity. So what can we do to help our kids form a healthy identity? Well, we need to point them to God, the one unchanging constant in their lives. In praying God's word for your child's identity in Christ by Tara Cole, you'll pray for God to work in your children's hearts, to have a solid view of the character of God believe they are his masterpiece, understand their true worth and value, help them have confidence in God's plan for them, find peace in belonging to God, know they were chosen by God to bring glory to him, and so much more. With biblical teaching on identity and self-worth, scripture-inspired prayers, and space to journal using our Think, Pray, Praise method of daily prayer, this digital prayer guide is perfect for the busy mom who needs God to move in the hearts of her kids. Download your copy of Praying God's Word for Your Child's Identity in Christ now when you visit today's show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. What is the third thing that you would share with us today? I would say the third thing in terms of helping them really find their foundation scripturally about their identity is you want to have other adults who are speaking that into their lives too. And I think talking about prayer, that's something really to pray for, because we say so often at Daystar, we are saying the exact same thing that parents are saying to their kids, but we're a new voice. And so sometimes they can hear us a little bit differently. And so whether that's the person who leads their Sunday school class or the person who leads their youth group as they get older, or it's a teacher or a coach that you really trust from a spiritual standpoint. You want people who are speaking to, this is who I believe God made you to be. Because I think the combination of their voice and yours has a really amazing impact on how they see themselves. That's just such a great word. And I've seen God provide that for us as we've prayed and as we've actively sought it out. Um, So an example of this is that I shared this recently on the podcast, but I'll share again in case someone didn't hear it. 
our oldest son is getting ready to turn 18 in a few months. He's wow. getting ready to graduate. So y'all can pray me through that, but <laughs> it's actually good. We're, we're good. But he had been in the youth group at our church for a long time. And, and I stated before, and I'll state again, that there's nothing wrong with our youth group. I just felt like the Lord was saying or leading us that he needed to be surrounded with some older guys, just a few years older than him, that he could look to and see them trying to live their life for the Lord. And we happen to have a decent population of those guys in our church, which I know is a gift to have those 19, 20, 21 something young adults that are really trying to pursue the Lord and are men on top of that. And so my husband and I made the decision to ask the teacher of the young adult Sunday school class, if we could just go ahead and move him up early. Can we just go ahead and move him into this class? Because he needs to be able to see some guys that are doing it and that can encourage him to live the same way. And my son got hit by a baseball in a baseball game the other day, and we ended up going to the emergency room. Everything was fine. But one of the guys from his Sunday school class just showed up And sat down with us while we were waiting and looked him in the eyes and said, what is God trying to teach you through this? And I just wanted to stand up and cheer. I (laughs) bet you did. I bet. (laughs) You go. But I would have said the same thing. Or his dad, one of the two of us would have said, what is God trying to teach you through this? But having another guy that's way cooler than we are, look at him and say the same thing, elicited an entirely different response. And so I think you can pray that God will bring those people into your children's lives, or maybe you can actively seek them out yourself and try to make it happen for your kids. I know as they get older, we have a little bit less control over some of those things, but we can do what we can do. You know, we may have a limit to what we can do, but we don't have a limit to our prayers. So I think that's just a fantastic tip as well. So thank you so much, Sissy. Any final things you would share with us as we get ready to wrap up? Well, yes. The only thing I would say is I think even to look with your kids about scriptures that are based on their identity and go over those over and over again. So as we're recording this, we're a week and a half out from the Nashville Covenant School shooting. And I met with this high school girl that evening after I'd been at the reunification center all day and she knew one of the little girls and she was really struggling. And she said, you know, one of the things I've realized is I want my faith to be more important to me than it is. And she said, we were at church earlier today. And she said, my mom was praying out loud in front of everyone. And she said she had Bible verse after Bible verse after Bible verse that she said out loud. And she said, I don't know verses like that. She said, you know, my dad and I used to memorize scripture when I was little, and I think I want to go back to doing that again because it seemed to give her a lot of strength. And I think that, I mean, we know for ourselves, those verses are so much of where we find our identity. And so the importance of helping kids anchor to truth like that in all the things that are going on in our society, in anxiety, it's one of the things we talk about the most. And so I think However old your kids are helping them find their way to scripture that can help define them feels like it it just is of the utmost importance. Amen. That's a great note to stop on. Sissy, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. You guys don't know this, but it was very spur of the moment that I asked her and she cleared her schedule to give us some of her time. And I'm so appreciative of that. Tell everybody where they can learn more about you and get involved in what you're doing for the kingdom. 
Thank you, Brooke. RaisingBoysAndGirls.com is our website that has all things that we're doing. And I am on Instagram trying to help as much as I can there. And Sissy Goff on Instagram. And then David Thomas and I have an account that's Raising Boys and Girls. So either of those places. Thanks for hanging out with me today, friends. I hope you've benefited from this season of talking intentionally about our children's identity in Christ as much as I have. I have needed this conversation. Maybe it's something you haven't thought about much before. I pray that it will become a priority for you to pray for God to work in this area of your children's hearts now. As we close out, don't forget to get your copy of our prayer guide to accompany this season, Praying God's Word for Your Child's Identity in Christ. You can find it along with a link to all of Sissy Goff's amazing resources in the show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Till next time, friends, the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. I talk to so many moms who say, Brooke, I want to pray for my kids. I just don't know how to start. That's exactly why I wrote my digital resource, How to Pray God's Word for Your Children. It's your how-to guide, giving you a very short, simple, step-by-step process for how I first started praying God's Word. Download it right away, and I'm not joking, you'll be praying God's Word by this afternoon. All you need is a Bible, a notebook, and a pencil, or your phone if you prefer, somewhere to create a short list. You can find that freebie in today's show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.